Pictures. I'm your host, Brent Gunn. And I'm your co-host, Mitchell Kakalka. Today we're talking about Dinesh D'Souza. Yes, we are. <laughs> what I basically want to do today, talking about uh, the film and Dinesh in general, is uh, I want to talk about the film, Hillary's America, and basically Death of a Nation as well, since they are basically the exact same film. Um, I want to outline how the film's structured, basically the argument it's trying to present. And I kind of want to look at Dinesh as uh, a filmmaker by his own merits and compare him to the standards that he seems to set up for himself. He has a new film that recently came out Mm -hmm. called Death of a Nation. Lincoln was elected to unite a country and stop slavery. Democrats smeared him, went to war against him, assassinated him. Now, their target is Trump. Donald Trump wins the presidency. So help me God. They say he's killing America. There will be a vote to impeach. They say he's a racist. This was a white lash. And a fascist. Who are the real racists? Northern Democrats had conspired together with Southern Democrats to take away the fruit of other people's labor. Who are the real fascists? Which has, I believe, a 1% on, on Rotten Tomatoes at the time of this of this recording. That could jump up to like 5. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But at the time of this recording, I believe it's sitting at 1. <laughs> um, Which is pretty typical for all of his movies, but... For anyone who isn't aware of who Dinesh D'Souza is or why we would even be talking about him, he's actually the person who was recently pardoned by President Trump Mm -hmm. for committing a campaign finance fraud. And you may have remembered him slightly in the news when, you know, Trump pardoned him, but he's much more of a filmmaker than he is anything else. Filmmaker in air quotes, but... Get rid of those air quotes. He's much more of an artist than I think and anyone gives him credit for because Death of a Nation, we really wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Mitch, we we had plans to go see this and have a great time, go into it with an open mind, Mm -hmm. be willing to accept what D'Souza had to say. D'Souza's truth. Yeah. We were totally willing to see what he had to say, you know, hear both sides. And lo and behold... It isn't playing in Mount Pleasant. Nope. And I'm not driving an hour to Lansing to go see Death of a Nation. So we watched Hillary's America, which is... My second time watching the movie, by the way. Mitchell's second time watching it. <laughs> my first. Um, I've, I've known about Dinesh for quite some time now. He's been on my radar of people that I'm aware of for, you know, yeah. a bit. And uh, Hillary's America is, is literally, compared to every, every single person I've talked to and heard from about the film... They're basically the exact same movie, Hillary's America and Death of a Nation. Mm-hmm. They're about the exact same thing. They're shot. They're they're basically the same film, just cut down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they're his third and fourth movies, respectively. And from what I hear, like his his other two are pretty much the exact same as well. The same type, the same type of filmmaking, the same general subject material. Now, um, I don't think many people listening to this podcast, uh young people on campus went to go see Hillary's America in in droves when mm-hmm. it came out. They probably know someone who did, though. Yeah. They probably know someone who saw it on Netflix, at the theater, 
where have you? Mm-hmm. And you, you may be asking yourself, who exactly is this, this Dinesh D'Souza guy? Um, why, why do we care? Why are we talking about his film? Is, is it because he's this crazy right-wing political guy who made this film and you want to mock it because we're the quote-unquote college liberals? And we, No, that's not what I want to do today. Mm-hmm. Believe me, he's, he's politically wrong. <laughs> the, thing, the, thing, the reason why we're talking about this is what, what Dinesh D'Souza does is he makes essentially smear campaign commercials turned into feature-long films for the Republican Party. Yeah, that's exactly it. I went into Hillary's America saying, I'm not going to sit here the entire movie analyzing it politically, even though I couldn't help myself to (laughs) sometimes. I really just want to watch it as a film. Mm -hmm. Just watch it like and judge it on its cinematography, its editing, (laughs) its acting, Dinesh's acting chops as a lead man. (laughs) More more, more like uh, uh, I came up with this joke on on the way here, Dinesh DeSleutha, because in the film, this man is is a he's a sly coop. He really is. Move over Batman as the world's greatest detective. Like it's it's honestly remarkable. Mm -hmm. The. The, the lengths he's he's willing to go and the, the, the doors he's willing, the unlocked doors he's willing to open and just go in. Dinesh essentially makes propaganda for the Republican Party. I don't necessarily have a problem with propaganda on its on its ethical merit. I think it kind of uh, exists and you kind of know what you're getting into with it. It's more or less, is it convincing? Is it good propaganda? Is it trying to do what it's trying to do successfully. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of just like a natural product of the political landscape. But... Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I'd be very hypocritical to um, lambast a film like Hillary's America or Death of a Nation for having a very clear political um, slant, mm-hmm. but then not having a problem with a film like Roger and Me. And I also wanted to watch this film because I'm not a Democrat. Even though I think Dinesh probably assumes I would be, mm-hmm. like, like just, just like if he if he talked to me for five minutes, I'd, I'd be like an SJW Democrat <laughs> to him. But since I'm not, I I'm really interested. I was really interested in watching the film and analyzing it uh, as someone who it's not necessarily trying to lambast mm-hmm. because I kind of fall out of his his range of attack. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think we both do to an extent. I think most modern Democrats do. I think most people on the (laughs) left do at this point. We can get into that a little bit earlier. But his relationship with like the history of the Democratic Party and what he's trying to say about the Democratic Party as it exists now are kind of two separate ends of the spectrum um, without even going into kind of like the spectrum of leftist politics as it in their own right. Yeah, and, and I we really just need to set up as much context about Dinesh as possible. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be accused of well poisoning here because what I want to introduce about Dinesh, who I'm sure is a great husband, you know, great father if he has kids, mm-hmm. whatever, there you go. The, the things that I want to bring up about Dinesh are extremely critical to our discussion about the film because, as I said before, I judge propaganda on the weight of does it accomplish what it's trying to do well? Mm-hmm. And upon observation, can I find truth in what it's trying to project onto a working class individual? That's mm-hmm. usually the, the aim of all propaganda. It's trying to target an insecurity in the working class and appeal to it. Mm-hmm. I, I really just want to read some quotes okay. from, from Dinesh from his, from his 1995 book, The End of Racism. Okay. Chapter 1. 
from Dinesh D'Souza's The End of Racism. In chapter one, quote, racism originated not in ignorance and fear, but as part of an enlightened enterprise of intellectual discovery. Continued in chapter one, the main contemporary obstacle facing African Americans is neither white racism, as many liberals claim, nor black genetic deficiency, as Charles Murray and others imply. Rather, it involves destructive and pathological cultural patterns of behavior, excessive reliance on government, conspiratorial paranoia about racism, a resistance to academic achievement as, in Dinesh's words, quote, acting white, unquote, a celebration of the criminal and outlaw as authentically black, and the normalization of illegitimacy and dependency. And we're, we're not done. This is only chapter one. Continued in chapter one. The American slave was treated like property, which is to say, pretty well. Mm. Chapter seven. Black rage is largely a response not to white racism, but to black failure. And, uh, and this is the last quote I want to read. And this is actually my personal favorite of the quotes because we're going to return to it late, later and I'm going to make my biggest slam dunk on, on Dinesh <laughs> about it. Chapter eight. If biological differences do exist, they cannot be washed away. However, unpopular the investigation we have to take the responsibility of natural differences seriously. What is at stake is nothing less than the foundation of contemporary liberalism. So that's Dinesh. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's just really the, 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 the surface. Mm -hmm. uh, if you go on to like a tweet dig of, of Dinesh's, uh, he didn't, didn't he call Obama like an, an, an adult Trayvon Martin? I, I believe he did I that. I wouldn't be surprised at all. He's... Uh, you actually met Dinesh, didn't you? M met would be maybe a little strong way of putting you, it. You saw I, the man in person. I did, okay. yeah. Um, it was This was last February um, for CM Life. I, um, it was myself and uh, reporter photographer Hunter McLaren covered the um, battle, battle Cry 2018 event held at Soren Eagle Casino and Resort by the Michigan Serv Conservative Coalition. I think this was their second annual event. And so yeah, it was a two-day event in this in one of the casinos um like event ho event hosting halls. <sighs> I'm getting flashbacks. If I if I sigh a lot and just like go silent for a few seconds, the flashbacks like washing <laughs> over me. So there were there were two guest speakers, two special um well, there were there were quite a lot, but there was two big like main like headliners for the event. There was former campaign manager for Trump, Corey Lewinowski. He was there the first day, and Dinesh D'Souza was there for the second day. Quite a lineup. Mm-hmm. That's not even talking about Theron X, the shock jockey from Ann Arbor. So yeah, I saw I was um sitting in like the back of the hall because that's where they put the fake news liberal scumbags yeah i got to s listen to nesh speak and this was this was a little bit after i first saw hillary's america he spoke for about 40 minutes a little bit over that mostly hawking his new book which uh, uh titled in quotes the big lie exposing the nazi roots of the american left man and, i love that <laughs> and basically kind of, kind of bridging the gap between um the topics that he brought up in hillary's america and which he would like and 
by the nature of like how similar these films are, which he had later expand upon in what would become his next film, The Death of a Nation. So that's Dinesh. Mm-hmm. And now we can really talk about the marvel of a film itself, Hillary's America. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about Hillary's America, every single criticism about this could be applied to Death of a Nation too. Mm-hmm. So while Death of a Nation is the more current film, the yeah. more topical film, we couldn't see it because Dinesh is a bad capitalist mm-hmm. on, ba- on top of being a bad filmmaker. <laughs> he, he, he'll appear in Mount Pleasant, but he won't have his f- film shown here. So instead, we have to watch uh, the weakest chin in cinemas, <laughs> uh, I think proper magnum opus, Yeah, definitely. Hillary's mm-hmm. America. It all began when the Obama administration tried to shut me up. You know, gang's all about stealing, man. What did I learn? All crime is about stealing. The big criminals are still at large. Didn't uh, see any reason to keep them. The system doesn't go after them. Because they run the system. It's time to go behind the curtain and discover the soul of the Democratic Party. So the film opens with basically Dinesh getting incarcerated. It opens or, with a musical number. Let's, it does. Let's, you're let's right. Wow. Over wow. How did I? And it actually comes full circle at the mm-hmm. end of the film. It's, uh, it's, the, it's like art. It's like all true art. It's yeah. All it all comes comes back full circle. Um, so it opens with a musical number, basically, I believe, telling all all liberals just to leave now <laughs> it, uh, unless you're unless you're ready for the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to keep living in the blue per, in the blue pill world. <laughs> uh, you know, by all means. But uh, Dinesh uh, gets incarcerated for campaign finance for fraud. He gets put into prison for breaking the law. Mm-hmm. Now, the prison that he's put into in the film, I don't really think looked like the facility he went to in real life, mm-hmm. which, to the best of my knowledge, he went to uh, nights uh, that was about an hour from his home. Okay. And he apparently it was like a pretty nice kind of uh, like those resort esque prisons, <laughs> like uh-huh. like you basically just get a lounge and you know the places where like you know big tax evaders go when they get quote unquote caught. Yeah. But in the film, you'd think he's in, you'd think he's in like this. It's like those those prison shows on Netflix mm-hmm. where like they send like juvenile delinquents. Yeah. So he's in there, and as he's getting prosecuted by the judge. He, Dinesh inserts so much just personal bitterness into the film, like 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 the judge just can't wait to sentence him. And there's no proof to even like justify these biases because it's like, like the the, the judge uh sentences sentences him to you know like X amount of months, and then he also subjects him to psychological you know evaluation and therapy, mm-hmm. you know because oh he's a Republican we have to get it out of him. And uh, Dinesh on the inside. You know, he starts doing some research mm-hmm. and there's a f- amazing scene. There's an amazing scene where he is reading like some like Democrats 101 like book, <laughs> trying to learn more about the history of Democrats while he's in prison. And for some reason in this prison, the uh, Hillary announcing that she was going to run for president is on television. Mm-hmm. And the the prisoners who are in there like playing checkers, going about their business sharpening shanks 
uh, they all stop. And once Hillary says, I'm going to run, they all start applauding. <laughs> like, I'm with her. We're with her. Like, they would not do this. They, they didn't do this. This is fake. This did not happen, Dinesh. It's absolute nonsense to think that these hardened criminals, these, like, gangsters, these murderers would care for two seconds mm-hmm. about Hillary Clinton announcing she ran for presidency. It wouldn't even be on in the prison. So Dinesh, upon learning that, wow, this prison is infiltrated with Democrats, he finds this one uh, this this one individual is playing checkers. He's like, hey, Dinesh, you know how to play checkers? And Dinesh is like, yeah, I do. So Dinesh gets up, and I I swear to God, when the movie got to that point, I turned to you and I was like, you know, politics is a lot like chess. And I thought they were going to start. I And it's not that far off because he, he sits down with the guy, and this guy is like a stereotypical, like, Mexican in incarceration, basically, mm-hmm. played by a complete, like, average actor. Mm-hmm. Like, every performance in the film is basically like the people that you would get if you just put up like an advertisement on a lamppost in a city. And then the people that would just call you desperate for work, mm-hmm. like he hired those people immediately because he just needed people. <laughs> so as Dinesh and this individual are playing chess, the, the basic overall structure of the film is introduced. And this is supposed to be a documentary, mm-hmm. mind you, which opens with the line, this is all true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We Man, that, that's how the film opens. The film mm-hmm. opens with just black screen, white text, this is all true. Then there's the musical number. Then there's cuts of black. Then Nesh D'Souza saying, it all started when the Obama administration tried to shut me down. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the film has such a victim complex, yeah. which is funny because Dinesh makes a career out of going around to college campuses and telling millennials that they they suffer from victimization complexes because, you know, they're worried about leaving college with $200,000 of debt and no mm-hmm. real way to scrounge and and make it apart from working five minimum wage jobs two of which you know you're getting stepped on hours for one of which your boss uh sexually harasses you i mean i it's 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 a little bit ridiculous that he wants to play that narrative and then have the goal to go around all over the country and and lambast people and and he's still like that that still is like one of his central like sticks is Mm -hmm is the victim of complex. When I saw him speak at Soren Eagle, like he did have, he did a little like interlude about how like hard it was for him. Like as, as an immigrant, somebody who's come to America, the, you know, the shining city on the Hill, like having to hear the judge say, um, the people of the United States versus Dinesh D'Souza, like how it's like how much of like a knife to the heart that was for him. Yeah, um, he has he has very selective empathy, and mm-hmm. we're going to get to that later. And that's partly why I read a lot of those quotes because the film takes a very empathetic stance to the injustices that have been done in history at the hands of the Democratic Party. Uh-huh. So that's really the central focus of the film. Because when he's in that conversation with the the individual playing chess, basically the entire structure of the film is laid out that the Democrats are essentially mob bosses mm-hmm. who. Goodfellas esque <laughs> will uh, set up these like pyramid schemes and these Ponzi schemes trying to sell um, real estate, which I'm sure is rooted in some actuality. Mm-hmm. But the way that the film plays it, th- these are essentially mob bosses. They literally kill these people. <laughs> like they sell them property and then they actually break into their houses. Goodfellas style and stab them and shoot them. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a man 
in, in, in a wheelchair rolling down the sidewalk at, at like two in the morning at like a dark alley. And these Democrats who sold him life insurance just stab him in his, <laughs> in his wheelchair. And I'm like, what is going on? Dinesh, like where I, I want to know that story. If that's true, why isn't there a documentary devoted to the murder of this, you know, disabled man? Mm-hmm. But the structure of the overall film is that America is not a racist country. The Democratic Party, which exists in America, is a racist party. Mm-hmm. And all racism in America comes back to the racism of the Democratic Party. Therefore, if we eradicate the Democratic Party or expose the Democratic Party, then racism is alleviated in the country. Which is what the Republican Party, since the beginning of time, has been trying to do, has been trying to bravely fight the Democratic Party. And I... One thing that he's like in both these past films and at the speech I saw him, like he that's like his central point is that the Democrats are I mean the, the title of his latest book was The Big Lie. And there's this um Democrats have been expounding and like hawking this this big lie that that they're not the racist ones. And I think like a quote that I had in that article um that I wrote about so a quote from him when he was speaking at Soren Eagle was the Democrats' ability to transfer blame onto the very guys that they are trying to, onto the very guys that are trying to stop you from from your crimes, being the Republicans. The Democrats have been able to do, do so and do so so successfully that they've been able to do that. That people from our party, the Republicans, have begun to believe them. That's again like what what this what this air quotes documentary is about. And what his most recent documentary is about is just the le- the left are the real racist ones. They've always been the racist ones. Like there's n- nobody on the right has ever been racist ever. Yeah, yeah. And and I I don't have a problem on its face with Dinesh pointing out the racism of mm-hmm. in liberalism. I talk about the racism inherent in liberalism all the time. Yeah, it's something I fully acknowledge and I like seeing exposed. However. He doesn't do it with historical accuracy 99% of the time. And he also doesn't take these instances of learning about a clearly structural racism that has permeated in America since its foundation up till now by his own admission. And he, he takes this information and he decides to completely deceive people into thinking that uh, this this structure only came from one side of America's institutions. Mm-hmm. The Democratic Party is a warmongering, horrible party, as is the Republican Party. And that's that's not a controversial opinion to have. But Dinesh's problem is that he can't also talk about the war crimes and the warmongering of John McCain or, you know, Republicans because he's indebted to these people. They mm-hmm. pardon him. Yeah. What have the Democrats done for him other than just be an ideological other to him? Even since his days at Dartmouth, where he would write articles outing uh, gay students, mm-hmm. you know, against their will. Um, he's truly always been an individual who he doesn't care about any kind of consistency or any kind of, uh, I guess, integrity to his work. It's mm-hmm. what's going to push my side. Yeah. And I think that's that's the mindset of a lot of bad propagandists is what's going to push my side ahead. And sure, this or what will energize my base, what'll get my base going. 
Mm-hmm. But the, the point of propaganda isn't to appeal to your base. It's to appeal to the non-base. Yeah. It's supposed to appeal to those people that don't believe that. The people that you're trying to bring in. You want to appeal to these people. You don't have to appeal to people who agree with you. So what this film essentially ends up being is less of a propagandic tool to bring people in and more of a certain type of rallying cry and echo chamber for all of these Republicans or anti-democratic people who have always had these hatreds about the Democratic Party. It's basically just, uh, you know, let's all just run a victory lap about, you know, the Democrats nominating Hillary and that they're going to lose, which they did. Uh That's really the the main purpose of this film. And I'm not sure how much of a role it played in in the general election. There's a professor here at CMU, um, a journalism professor, Ed Simpson, and he's... Um, brought it up a few times in class how basically when you look at like the whole of the American like voting populace, 40% of people are always going to vote Republican. 40% of people are like always going to vote Democrat. And then there's maybe like 20% of people who can be swayed, maybe maybe not. But there's really the vast majority of people who like get get candidates elected do so just because they're um, – members of their party like I know quite a few people um within um back home like within my personal life who will vote for like voted for Trump when they hated him just because just because he was a Republican mm-hmm. also kind of just to like spite Hillary but that wasn't because I mean no I, I besides me and like our my roommate Jared and you I, I don't know like anybody who's seen Hillary's America so in in a nutshell the film is basically about this this narrative mm-hmm. and it starts from the time of the country's inception up until you know Hillary's the Hillary dynasty you know yeah. if if Hillary wins that's that's the last the last wall will be broken the levee will break all hell will break loose and that 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 will be the end of america that will be a signifying moment which is the exact premise of his very first film um 2016 Obama's America was about this is what the country will look like in 2016 if Obama gets reelected. Yeah, see, this is this is why we're not talking about Death of a Nation, because we could watch any one of his mm-hmm. films and just it's the exact <laughs> same criticism. It's the exact same film just generated a lot of broad statements that you can like he does in this movie. He he goes back and kind of says, like, oh, this is why I said in Obama's America and this is what's happened. And it's I like, oh, it's it, like he he's like a, a prophet. Yeah. We've basically laid out what the, uh, I think, political hang-up of the problem is. Mm-hmm. But man, the movie is just straight-up ugly. It's just it's, a bad movie. Like, from from production standpoints, acting, oh my god, can we talk about the acting in this movie? If we have to, yeah, we should. I, I think we should, because it, it, it plays a really important role. Because Dinesh approaches everything in, in the film as if he doesn't already know it. Mm-hmm. He tries to be this like investigative badass that you would see on like it's like if Tim Allen was recast in like a a watered down the shield. (laughs) Like there are a lot of scenes like that where Dinesh is like in dark cars and he's looking out windows and he's sliding around corners. And 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 twice he he infiltrates like Democratic conventions. Twice he breaks into these like Democratic headquarters buildings, which. The, the first one he goes into, I was cracking up because <laughs> it's literally like this this pristine, white, just perfect square of a room mm-hmm. with 
people of every single like age group, ethnicity, cultural background you could think of. And it's just so obvious what he's trying to say. And it's so ham fisted. And like he gets greeted by this girl who's who acts so like kind of like robotic, like, hello, welcome to the Democratic Party where everything is perfect and we are utopists. Uh, do you want to see this way where I will teach you about social justice or this way where I will teach you about how white men are evil? <laughs> like it's it's it is so painfully lazy because um, D- D- Dinesh gets led through the uh, headquarters and then like a-, a cut later, he's like down a hallway. He goes down like an elevator. Like, yeah, when, when yeah, nobody's yeah, looking, yeah. He goes then he goes like to basement level. It's all like dimly lit and grungy. Mm-hmm. He goes like to the end of the hallway and goes into this room where they have like a framed photo of Andrew Jackson. They have every piece of evidence that could incriminate mm-hmm. the Democratic Party directly under them in an unlocked room. Yeah. And they they have one of those like conspiracy style like cork boards with like with yar- yarn and the pictures on the wall. And this is this is what implements what 90 percent of the film is, which is when Dinesh finds these boxes of archives, they transport him into an era of bad reenactments, bad <laughs> historical reenactments for the love of God, like the, the wigs, the outfits, the acting back to the acting, because I want to make a point about the acting. I feel like Dinesh went to every actor who was cast as a democratic, you know, politician, Senator, Congressman, whatever, and said, I need you to be as evil mm-hmm. and maniacal as possible. The, the Republicans always act so noble and like calm and reserved. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it parrots like that Ben Shapiro, like calm, rational white man, <laughs> e, you know, calmly takes down irrational, crazed feminist. And like and I it's so funny, like watching a, a YouTube playlist get turned into like a pseudo historical drama documentary. <laughs> The, the, the acting, the wigs, set design, cinematography, everything's bad. And I'm not saying this because I disagree with Dinesh politically. If Karl Marx made this movie, it would still be a piece of shit. Like, it's it's bad. It's a bad movie. And Dinesh also has this very unique directorial style where he likes to bury the head of an actor in a mm-hmm. shot into like the lower left or lower right corner. And he also likes to cut off the tops of people's heads. And I think there's like some symbolic relevance to this. Hear me out. Cause I really do think that Dinesh is an artist and I don't think that a lot of people are giving him enough credit because at the end of the film, when the girl is singing, uh, you know, uh, how great is our God or, you know, God bless America or whatever. There's a profile shot where she's looking straight at the camera and her head is is cut off and he cuts off the tops of people's heads a lot with the framing in this film. And I his the top of his head is never cut off. Oh, so I think what he's doing is he's opening the brains of people Mm. and he's he's just he's getting in your head. He's getting in your brain and he's he's, you know, accessing the truth. He's dropping truth bombs in your brain. Okay. (laughs) And also the thing about burying heads like in the lower left or lower right, mm-hmm. I don't think there's any symbolic relevance. I think he just doesn't know how to frame a shot. Yeah, that's what I was saying. it's the exact way they tell you not to frame 
like shots or in any photography class or cinematography class, they have the character in like the right or left looking directly off of the camera, which I think if you've ever seen Mr. Robot, the television show, they do that a lot, but that's to like exemplify how like paranoid and like, and, like, me- like mentally unstable, like the characters are Yeah, here. It's, I, I don't know. Like, like he'll just drop a character in the center of the frame. Mm-hmm. Like he's not Kubrick. He's not doing it for any kind of like real profound. Like he's just like, all right, I get just just stand there. I guess this is where you stand, and I and I film you. Ninety percent of this film is reenactments. Yep. And boy, they're they're they are probably the worst parts of the film by by and large. And I think that the moment where I got the most irritated with the film is uh, there's a scene where you know it's taking place during the civil war and uh um a, a black man is being lynched you know mm-hmm. and you know it, it's showing the lynching happen and everything and then later on in the film Woodrow Wilson is watching Birth of a Nation yeah he's watching it and this man literally gets so excited by Birth of a Nation he imagines a KKK member on horseback fly out of the like the the the, the projector screen in the White House, mm-hmm. like the horse runs off the table out of a window onto the White House lawn. Woodrow Wilson just, is just befuddled. He follows him out there. The the KKK on horseback hologram is just standing there, like like completely enamored. Like, oh my god, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like, it's literally like he's looking at the face of God. Like, he's just completely just like starstruck. He's like, man, I'm Woodrow Wilson. I'm a Democrat, and I love the KKK. <laughs> and if if you're getting sick and tired of of the point being made that Democrats are racists, that's that's the film. Mm-hmm. That that's all of his films. That's that that is the only point that you can uh, extrapolate from the film. And nowhere do we see we 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 see very rarely other voices come in. Mm-hmm. They're they're usually you know Republicans or you know mm-hmm. friends of his people that work at the National Review. Yeah, he has two like interviews uh, within within the film, and they're both just obviously like people he just that he brought in just to like agree with them. Mm-hmm. The way they're talking, they're they're very obviously like reading for a script because yeah. he like he doesn't really ask any questions. He just goes, "Oh, tell me about this," and go, "Oh, Dinesh, I'll tell you about that." Five minute monologue. I think one of the worst things about in the film is uh, the Republican washing of uh, Ida B. Wells, mm-hmm. who, upon me watching the film, when they got to her being a, a Republican, I was like, wait, I knew that she wrote a lot of papers. Because I, I took an African-American literature class about one semester ago, and okay. we learned quite a bit about Ida B. Wells. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 when, when he brought her up, I was just like, something doesn't seem right about that. While to the best of my discovery, she was a radical Republican X amount of years ago. Like, the, like let's just ignore that context of how long ago this was when Republican meant something very different. She was also a woman that helped find the NAACP. Mm-hmm. And Dinesh made no point of talking about that anywhere in the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very interesting because he uses Ida B. Wells to argue uh, for gun rights. Yeah, He uses Ida B. Wells to talk about how slavery was wrong. He uses Ida B. Wells to talk about how lynchings are wrong about the, and he also brings in, who was the, uh, the, the Senator that he brought in or the, the Congresswoman that he brought in to interview. Uh, I can't remember her name. Well, he brings in, in a, a, uh, Congresswoman of color and they're talking about, you know, the, the, the racial history of the, um, democratic party. And as I was learning more of these things about the, the party, and then as I read these quotes, 
those quotes I read earlier from the end of racism, Dinesh's book, it really, really just irritates me that he's going to take someone like Ida B. Wells and use her to fight for these nowadays Republican, very surface level talking points uh-huh. and completely gloss over purposefully something about the NAACP. So this is really where the film falls apart for me. Yeah. And this is really where I learn that Dinesh is much less of, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll goof on him. I'll goof on his chin and I'll goof on how he looks when he walks around the corner and he's like, hmm? like, like <laughs> when he was in prison, he said, he's the weirdest looking guy in the prison. Cause he's just such, he's, he, he, he's such a sleuthy, creepy little guy. It's like moves around like a sloth. It's, it's disturbing. Yeah. That's why he's getting into people's heads. He can just slide right in there. Mm-hmm. You know? I noticed that in, in Hillary's America, in Death of a Nation, Dinesh is very concerned with racism. Yeah. And he's very empathetic towards the horrors done in the name of racism. However, according to his books, racism is a part of an enlightened enterprise of intellectual discovery. In his 1995 book, The End of Racism, racism is seen as an intellectual discovery. But when he's talking about the Democratic Party, he makes it very clear in the film that he thinks slavery is wrong. Mm-hmm. However, back to the book, he says slavery, uh, slaves were treated in America as property, which means that they were treated pretty well. So clearly he doesn't really have that much of an ideological problem with, I think, racism or slavery for that matter. I think he has a problem with it being pinned on his party. Mm-hmm. but. Since he can very conveniently, you know, rewrite history and, and revise history, he doesn't need to have the baggage of his own words because his audience isn't going to do what I did, which is a Google search mm-hmm. and, you know, figure out what he did. And that's not me trying to call his audience stupid. I feel like most audiences, and this happens entirely with, with uh, liberal audiences too, they don't want to follow up because mm-hmm. they don't want to accept for a second that they may be wrong. because. When you look something up, when you try to discover something to follow it up, there's always that chance that you're going to find something that disproves you or invalidates you. Mm -hmm. And Dinesh's audience does not want to be invalidated. And even if you did try to invalidate them with something like an academic source, they already have defenses for that because academia is, you know, it's, oh, well, it's it's more of a liberal institution. Of course, they're going to tell you that history. It's their history. Mm -hmm. They're Democrats. Then when the film really kind of goes off the rails in its, in its uh, hypocritical ramblings is uh, when they get to Margaret Singer mm-hmm. and they start talking about uh, the eugenics program and how that was a big cornerstone of the Democratic Party, which progressivism and eugenics, they do have a historical uh, relationship with each other. Yeah. That's not a controversial statement. However, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to read it one more time to really kind of drive this point home about exactly what Dinesh is doing with this film, because he's trying, he uses the film to say that Democrats uh, in that specific part of the film, Democrats are, were fans of the eugenics program that they were pro eugenics. Mm -hmm. Okay. To quote chapter eight of Dinesh's book, if biological differences do exist, they cannot be washed away. However unpopular the investigation, we have to take the the possibility of natural differences seriously. What is at stake is nothing less than the foundation of contemporary liberalism. He's saying here that in 1995, the uh, foundation of contemporary liberalism is this idea that biological differences do not exist. Right? 
By his own admission, the foundation of the of the Democratic Party of liberalism itself is that biologi- is that biological differences do not exist and that we don't want to explore if they do, but also eugenics at that time was part of the Democratic Party foundation in his in his documentary, which eugenics clearly identifies biological differences. That's kind of its entire point is yeah. is identifying biological differences and trying to create a perfect biological specimen. So do they notice biology or don't they? Or have the parties changed in a hundred years? Well, then that should say they haven't. And then, and that's another big talking point is that there um that many people have pointed out, like critics of the movie, and that he just always ducks is the idea that these parties have switched sides at all at any point in their long two or three hundred years of history. Yeah, and he tries to you know dismantle the big switch argument. Mm-hmm. Doesn't do it convincingly. I think he no. talk he talks about it for like maybe point one percent of the film. Yeah, he very briefly brings it up, which he also did because I remember when I saw him speak. I was like, oh, is, is he going to address the big switch? Is he going to? And throughout his entire speech, he used, he constantly brought up this analogy of Democrat, Democrats being the um, robbers and like Republicans being the cops. And what Democrats are trying to do is, is similar to like the criminals accusing law enforcement of being the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And I remember when like the, five or ten seconds he talks about the big switch in his speech he was like well to people who to people who like say the big switch is a thing like when has that ever happened in history where the good guys were actually the bad guys and everybody in the audience was like very very, very receptive to that I, I just remember i'm glad like no but i was glad i was in the back like no <laughs> looking at me. i was like oh, i just look at my face i was like oh god yeah and then later on Towards the end of the film, which, you know, the film's called Hillary's America, and about 10% of the film is devoted to Hillary. Yeah. About nine of those 10 minutes is devoted to Bill. Yeah. Which, he doesn't like Bill, which I don't like Bill. I hate Bill. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I find really irritating, again, is that he uses actual protests against the Clinton Foundation from people of color, which were, like, very legitimate protests. Yeah. Protests which... He also would claim didn't happen because people don't criticize the left. Mm-hmm. But then in his documentary, he focuses on these women of color uh, protesting the Clinton Foundation for what they were doing. And imagine if they were holding Black Lives Matter signs. Yeah. How differently he would treat them. Or if they were holding, you know, pro Colin Kaepernick signs, or if they were holding, you know, free health care signs or $15 minimum wage. He would be in there in a second to lambast and talk down to these people and tell them racism isn't a problem. It's never been a problem. The slaves were treated fine and the Democrats want to uh, uh, euthanize you. But if you're holding a sign criticizing Hillary Clinton in any capacity, yes, racism is a part of you know American history, you know, the Democrat history. And uh, you have every right to feel upset about, you know, the racial injustice that you feel you still go through in this country. So it's very interesting to me uh, how someone who is so willing to flop uh, on that, someone with such a weak spine, could make something like propaganda. Propaganda isn't the type of art form that 
you make with a weak spine. That's the kind of art form that you make when you're ready to play, when you're ready to throw a fist. Mm-hmm. Dinesh isn't ready to throw a fist. He's, he's not ready to, to eat a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> All right? He is, he, is, he is the epitome of just a complete partisan hack who wants to complain about partisan hackery his entire career. And uh, the film ends with uh, Dinesh essentially destroying the Democratic Party, mm-hmm. slam-dunking them, wrecking them. Yeah. And there's a, like, 20-minute musical number there are two there are two musical numbers that are accompanied with like montages of scenes that you'd see in like a pure michigan video yeah yeah like like like, like, like these generic like all right if, if, if you go on to like uh like generic film stock apps mm-hmm. that you can buy for video editing software literally he bought those like 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 mm-hmm. there's there's a view of a mountain and it the contrast the composition of the shot totally goes against the entire editing of the film prior mm-hmm. so it totally looks like they just inserted that shot and didn't like color correct it or make it work with the film at all there's like crap uh we need a pad for time we need to sh- uh, throw in a mountain there a guy th- shooting a gun there an eagle there and uh there's a 20 minute not 20 minutes but there's a very long musical number where the man from before who opened the film mm-hmm. sings another song about what song do they sing? I think they sing, I think they sing the national anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In its entirety, it, like in, every verse. But before verse. before that, they do sing like another kind of like America, Amer- like American anthem. And then then when that dies down, it like the spotlights go up on the stage yeah, where yeah. this guy's at the piano, and they sing like a really him with accompanied with a um, young girl in a white dress mm-hmm. sing, singing and entire orchestra in this very up. like ornamental hall yeah doing like the full national anthem with more stock images like two there are two shots of like little kids running through a field with the um american flag like yeah. up above their head like flapping like a cape and there's two separate kids and, the, and they're like one after another the shots are it's like at this point I think everybody for their own, anybody watching the movie for their own reasons is just going to be checked out. Either <laughs> you're you're for Dinesh like 100, percent you're like and you're like yes, this is how you this is how you end the movie Hollywood. This yes. is what you do. Yeah. And like then us like watching it, watching this at the end of this. Like, this is still going hour on. and 45 minute movie. We're just like, oh my god. Yeah, at, at that point in the film, I was like checking my phone, and I didn't even yeah. have signal. I was just like, "Can I just look at the time remember, for five minutes?" Yeah, it was the end of that first musical number. We were like, "Okay, okay, this is the end." We che- and we checked. There was ten minutes left. Yeah, and then the film ends with Dinesh uh, in a gymnasium, and I thought he was gonna like shoot some hoops <laughs> or something, like start dribbling between his legs. I thought <laughs> like, the ch- like children were hiding from him. He's like <laughs> just skulking through this dark <laughs> gymnasium of a high school. <laughs> But no, the lights go up and they're voting booths. Yeah, they're voting booths, not children, <laughs> just praying for their lives. <laughs> nope, it's Dinesh uh, leading people to vote for uh, you know, whatever Republican is running in their area for whatever election is yeah. happening at that time. Um, so the film is bad, not because I disagree with it. There's many films I I disagree with that I love because I think that they're good films. Mm-hmm. But if if there's a painting of something that I that I I I like. I agree with and it's painted horribly or it's painted in a way I don't like I'm not going to like it and mm-hmm. this film is shot edited um, color corrected 
especially edited. Oh my God, <laughs> the editing. I'm an editing Scrooge and seeing this film put together, like there are shots that last for like maybe a second and a half that don't need to be there. It's just mm -hmm. like cut. Dinesh has made four films. I'll probably never make a film in my life. <laughs> and he uses his films to muddy the waters. Yeah. Muddy the historical waters and contribute to a problem that's really prevalent online, which mm -hmm. is uh, historical revisionism. Yeah. And this, we see this in everything from Dinesh's work to like the H3 podcast, mm -hmm. where literally they'll start talking about, you know, the Battle of Dresden. <laughs> and next thing you know, H3 is, you know, basically quoting David Irving and Holocaust deniers mm -hmm. and, and these like pro-Nazi, uh, anti-allied powers conspiracy theories out of nowhere. And that gets broadcast to millions of people every single day. And they take it in and they don't follow it up because yeah. H3 told them or Jordan Peterson told them or Dinesh told them. And they're all part of the team. It sucks for me because me coming from a person from the left, when someone that I like from the left says something that I fundamentally disagree with, it hurts me because it's like that's one less person that... I can hold as much legitimacy in, you know, because I'm always on the hunt trying to find the person that I can uh, look to to find the, the best information. Not not who do I believe in to know what to believe, who to find the, the most untainted information from uh -huh. that I can take. And I go through the process. I'm going to Google. I'm going to read articles. I'm going to you know go on Google Scholar, darn it. And I'm going to. <clears throat> try to figure out if that quote actually came from that person or if that number is actually correct or if, you know, that book actually says that thing because anyone can say anything. And nowadays, uh, information is so mimetic that mm -hmm. a person like Dinesh can just drop like these 2007 era Republican meme kind of talking points that I, I used to see on Facebook from my dad. <laughs> Now I can see that turned into a movie, and that is now the legitimate other side that people like Democrats and technically people like me have to debate with. Yeah. <laughs> and Hillary's America is a magnum opus of mishandled, misguided, badly implemented, and spineless propaganda that I don't think convinces anyone of anything except for the people that think they're already right that they're right. At yep. the end of the day, that's really bad propaganda. Mm -hmm. So and that's all that Dinesh is interested in putting out. So if you're bad at putting out the one thing that you're concerned with putting out, I, I guess you're not a very good, uh, not a very good worker. I guess not. Dinesh, come on our podcast, please. I would love to have Dinesh on the <laughs> podcast. Sit him right here. And he can just school us. Yeah, we can go. We can go play some basketball. It can, it can go on, go on YouTube as like t two owned libs. The Nesh's user decimates two SJW soy boy cucks. <laughs> Speaking of cucks, wasn't Dinesh like involved in like an extramarital affair uh, during his his incarceration or during the the proceedings? I believe he was, but don't quote me on that. Follow it up. Go Google it for yourself. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. And with that, this has been Moving Pictures, your once-a-week film podcast. I was Brent Gunn, podcast editor of CM Life. I was co-host Mitchell Kakulka, lead reporter for CM Life. And thank you for listening.